got uh, Dr. Jessica, holistic vet, uh, Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, and we have um, uh, uh, Julie on the wing. So just hold on a second. Let's get to the trivia question. You are in the woods. It's dark, and there's some owls around you. There are 22 eyes in the dark. How many owls are there? Dr. Jess, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> it's going to be a trick yes. one. <laughs> what What do it's, you think? Hope. How many owls? How many owls? 11. 11? Right. Why is it not 11? What? Cause, right. Why is it not 11? Tell me now. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Is that what you think, Dr. Jess? Yes, of double, course. You know, like. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. Okay. Each owl has, has two, two eyes. eyes. Right. Okay. Okay, but, okay, there's 10 owls. Not eleven, because two of the eyes are yours. You get that? Oh. No, you are in the woods. Yeah, it's okay. dark. There are some owls. <laughs> oh, and then around you, there are twenty-two <laughs> eyes in the dark. How many Ooh. owls are there? Got it. Ten. Because trick, two trick. of them are yours. Love it. There you go. Okay. Back to Julie. Back to sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, Julie. Hi there. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Jess. Yes. I yeah. just, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, two other questions. One about are raw eggs okay? And the other sure. one is about changing food. Normally, you recommend changing their diet up all the time. Mm -hmm. With a dog with diabetes, should I stay to one or go ahead and change nope. it up? No, eventually you'll want to change. So first, when you're first transitioning to raw food, um, you just like pick one thing that you think your dog will like and that is not, um, that's kind of bland in some way. So a lot of times I'll have people start with beef. Most dogs will do well on that, you know, doesn't bother them. So first you just start with one thing and if your transition takes you two weeks or three weeks and they're only getting that one protein during that time, that's fine. And then once your dog is on that food for like three or four days or a week and you feel comfortable and confident that things are going okay, that's when you say, okay, now I'm going to try another protein. And then eventually you'll hit your rhythm of feeding a different protein every day or every two days or something like that. Okay. And what about raw eggs? Okay. Sure. Or not? Yeah. Good? Okay. Okay, now, yeah. Dr. Jess, I heard something about feeding raw eggs, that if they eat too many egg whites, like let's say you give them a raw egg every day, that it could break down in their system wrong. Yolks, the yolks are fine, but that there's an enzyme in the whites of the egg that can be do something wackadoodle. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so there's something about um, how uh, one one part of the egg has uh, an enzyme that breaks down biotin or something like that, but but luckily for us, the other part of the egg has loads and loads of biotin. Okay. So, okay. realistically, it does not matter. We're fine. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think the, ma the main thing about eggs is that the eggs should be organic in order to have any health benefits at all, in mm -hmm. order to have any nutritional content. Okay. Okay, got so a question. Eat, eat good eggs. 
Okay, now is there anything if I if uh, like Julie's got a diabetic dog? Okay, and then what people with diabetic cats? Is there any way d- that you can test the numbers on the dog or the cat? They don't have to do an office visit, or is it? A, what's your thoughts on that? Of course. Okay. What, oh yeah. What? What? what how, oh, yeah. how can they do that? Yeah, people use home glucometers all the time. Just ask your vet to show you how. Okay. So yeah, you, you, I mean, because there because you have to get. There are certain brands of glucometers that are going to be more accurate than others. There's ones that are made specifically for dogs and cats. Um, but, yes, it's, it's definitely something that you can do at home. I think it's probably uh, more important to monitor their behavior because you wouldn't necessarily want to change what you're doing every day based on a blood sugar reading. Okay. Well, I was thinking like I mean, a, a blood sugar reading like maybe once a week. Yeah. You know, every time you, ch- every time you change something with a diabetic, so every time you make a change in the diet or introduce a new supplement or something like that, you need to give them a couple of weeks to acclimate to it. So, okay. um, you bet you just basically have to wait it out and not react to, you know, as long as the blood sugar isn't going low. Okay. You have to give you have to give their bodies time to adjust. Basically, okay. um, wh- when you have diabetic dogs, it's really really important to supplement with uh, enzymes. Um, you could use uh, Animal Essentials makes plant enzymes and probiotics. Um, you could also use uh, Prozyme, but an enzyme supplement is really important when you have diabetic animals. Okay, there are also specific supplements that I use from Standard Process with diabetics support the pancreas. Okay, what's that? Uh, I use standard process pancreatrophin PMG. But if the dog has been fed dry food all along, I would use canine enteric support, E-N-T-E-R-I-C, and pancreatrophin PMG. So the canine enteric support by standard process is made for dogs. Tells you how much to give on the bottle. Okay. And then the pancreatrophin PMG is made for humans. It comes as little tablets, and I would uh, dose depending on the size of the dog. So um, for a dog like this, maybe start with one tablet twice a day, and after a week, go to two tablets twice a day. Because you have to, you're, you're trying to stabilize pancreatic function. Okay. And that will allow you to um, use a relatively uh, low dose of insulin. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay. Does that help? I, I, well, it's just, it's just like with human diabetics, you can't you can't try to control your diabetes with insulin if you're not, you know, doing the diet part of it too. Right. Right. Okay. Does that help you, Julie? It sure does. I was just wondering, where do I get those enzymes? As far as can uh, the, the enzymes, you, downs or yeah, the enzymes you can find at most small pet food stores. Enzyme supplements are pretty common. Okay. The standard process, though, you can only get like at health food stores or like the sassafras. Health food, health food, yeah, health food stores don't sell it. Sassafras and White Bear Lake sells them, yep. or you can contact me and I can give you the information for how to get them. Okay. Okay. Super. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thanks for the call. Now, onward and upward, right? Yep. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, but yeah, standard process, uh, Sassafras, uh, health store in uh, Wiper Lake. They carry a lot of the, uh, the supplements of standard process for both humans 
and for the cats and the dogs that we uh, because if you go to their website standard process it basically tells you locations that carry their products not that's because yeah because you're supposed to buy them through a healthcare provider correct 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 and so yeah I mean I have an account with them the woman who owns Sassafras has an account with them yeah, yeah. there you go oh do you carry standard but, process so they can get it through you yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Why didn't you say you? <laughs> well, I use their supplements all the time in practice. Well, I know that, but I didn't know you. They're s- such a reliable brand. Yeah, really. I know. You've it. gotten them from me, Katie. Oh, I guess I. <laughs> oh, I told you, my brain is the last month is no what is totally fried. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Too much but input. But input. Wow, but it's it's a challenge nowadays to have a diabetic animal in general, given you know what's happened to insulin prices. Oh no, kidding. That's uh, yeah. yeah. I don't. I have so, totally yeah, forgot so about any, that. Anything you anything you can do to reduce the dose of insulin you have to give is, wow. you know, kind of a blessing. Yeah, that is. I did, I totally spaced that one out because the the neighbor has that automatic injection. Mm-hmm. Is what he has, and so uh, that's it, another thing in itself. But oh well, hold on a sec. We got to run, and we're gonna come back. We got another question, I think, for you here. Another uh, food rotation. So hold on. And then now it's your it's yours. Wait a minute. Where in your house can you see the following sequence of numbers? 28, 29, 30, 31, and then one. We'll be back. All right. Thanks again. Appreciate you tuning in. There we go. In your house, can you, where? Sorry about that. Where, where in your house can you see the following sequence of numbers? 28, 29, 30, 31, 1. What, the, hope, what you thinking? Um, ca- on a calendar. Ding, 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 Woo-hoo! ding. There you go. Do you have your helper today? I have not had a helper today. Oh, look at you. <laughs> look at you. There you go. Okay, we got Dr. Jessica Hol- Holistic uh, Vet. Uh, Dr. Dr. Jessica Levy. You're going to go to mytalk1071.com, go to my show page, and you can get a link to her website, and you can email her there. Or, Dr. Jess, why don't you give it out on over the air? What, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, my website is holistics-vet-care.com. Yay, there we go. Okay, we have, who's on the line? We have Gina, and she has a question about food rotation. Okay, hey, Gina, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, good. What can we do for you? The question is, I'm feeding my puppy Nutrisource puppy food, but there's only one kind available, the chicken rice. How do I rotate food? How old's your pupper? Um, 12 weeks. 12 weeks? Did you say 12 weeks? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, well, what you can do is that you can add other things to it. You know, you can do some, you know, supplement with a little bit of raw, maybe like the beef. Okay, whereas you give them some of the the kibble, you know, that's a puppy food, but then you also can yep. give them some of the raw. Dr. Jess, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, because, you know, on the back of most puppy foods, it says feed a year to two years. Truth be told, you know, when the dog, you know, uh, if you're feeding a high-grade food, uh, most of the rest you can go into, like when they're about four months or even, you know, uh, three, four months, you could just start rotating into other uh, uh, formulas. A lot of people, if it doesn't say puppy, they think they're going to harm their dog. But if you're feeding a high quality diet, you know, a, high, a good brand, or then, like I say, road, uh, every dog, every cat should be on some sort of raw food. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just good, good form is what it is. <laughs> so that's about the best way. Like, I also so never feed full kibble is what you're saying. Yep. 
Uh, well, I wouldn't. That, that's in my that's in my my house, you know, because okay. I do dehydrated, I do freeze dried, I do raw, I do kibble, I do. Um, if I'm making an egg for myself, I'll make one for the dogs, and that's their breakfast. You know what I mean? Because dogs are put on the earth to be scavengers, to eat everything and anything, and never skip a beat. And then they get into our house, and we feed them the exact same thing for way too long. And then if they get into the garbage or get into something yucky, then their sister is almost as, it's an ER visit because their digestive system is kind of in the toilet because they've been eating everything, the same thing for too long. And starts at like four months. Well, yeah, no, you could well, you could give them pieces now, you know, at 12 weeks, you know, go, let's say you go get, you know, some raw and then just thaw, some of the, some of it comes in nuggets and some of it comes in pucks. And so what you can do is take a pinch and give it to a treat here and there. So you acclimate the dog's system to the richness of raw, okay, instead of the process. And so that's do why you do you dive in the small rolls because I see it come in the big cubes. Do you freeze it or do you? Say again? Do you freeze the, the raw food? The raw food. Just by small amount. Well, if you do, it depends. If you buy the formulated raw, it's already frozen. And it's usually in pucks or like nuggets, all right? Oh, okay. And then you if you do your own now, Doctor Levy, what uh, what about uh, now your own as far as using what ground hamburger, ground turkey, um, chicken? What's your thoughts on that? Um, you can. I mean, usually if you're just starting out, mm-hmm. then maybe you only want to, um, you know, have a small amount thawed at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, if you're going to just start introducing it to your dog. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. But there, but then there there are so many different ways of feeding raw food. So there are um, plenty of bulk raw food suppliers where you can buy uh, ground raw food in five pound chubs. Now, it, so if you could see that if you're only going to use a little bit of raw food, then you know you don't want to have five pounds thought out <laughs> at a right. time. Yeah. So that's kind of for the future. To research how to how to do that. What? Is there a good resource to research how to do that? Introduce raw foods. How to feed raw? Yeah. Oh, you know, you just just start with something that you think that that your dog would like and start feeding small amounts along with their regular diet. Um, Woody's Pet Food Deli is great at giving out samples and... They do a lot of raw feeding education as well. So that that? might be a good resource for you. Woody's Uh, Woody's Pet Food... Yeah, Woody's Pet Food Deli, there's one in Minneapolis, there's one in St. Paul, and one in Woodbury. Okay. All right. And you can find them at woodyspetdeli.com. Yeah. You can also get uh, uh, feet. Oh, I did that. Uh, Get what? Okay. What's that called? The one Dr. Becker, Karen Becker's book. Uh, Oh. um, A real real food for dogs and cats. Becker. However. Yes. However. Okay. Disclaimer. Okay. Um, love Dr. Becker. Yep. Her book, I feel, is excessively complicated. Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. I think I think if you read that book, like me, I would never have started feeding raw. That oh, was really? The first raw feeding book. Oh okay. my gosh! Yeah. Okay. That, and that's that's why I always recommend Timothy Schultz's book, Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats, because it's simple. Uh, Ian Billinghurst's book, Give Your Dog a Bone, makes it even more simple. Okay. It's because it's really easy, and I think if you go online, if you look at websites, if you look at raw feeding groups, if you look at Instagram, you can very quickly become overwhelmed and feel like, oh my gosh, no, yeah, okay, I, okay. like there's no way so I can do this. Which which book 
Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats by Timothy Schultz. That's with a K. K-Y-M-Y-T-H-Y, Schultz with a T-Z-E. And uh, Give Your Dog a Bone is my other favorite raw feeding book, and that is by Ian Billinghurst. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You betcha. Take care. Thanks for the call. Okay. Say, Dr. Levy, I, I bought, I'm, I'm racking my brain here. Somebody turned me on to a site that really makes it easy. It's called Pooch Something. And I can't think of the name for the life of me. Uh, have you? I shared it with you, and you, it's, you had not heard of it. But it's called Pooch Something, um, and where they she helps you understand how to do it, and it is it's really easy. I, even a vegetarian that a gal that was a vegetarian wound up doing her dog through this website, How to Feed Raw, and it was really interesting. But it's yeah. called Pooch Something, and for the life of me, I know I'm going to get home and it's going to sit on my desk, and I'm like, oh, why couldn't I think of that? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I I can't remember. I know I looked at it. And and I also I have clients who work with um, raw feeding coaches right. online, but but also I find um, so they come in and they've got they're like okay you know my raw feeding coach gave me this recipe for my dog. I tell you what, anytime I look at a recipe and it's got more than five ingredients, uh-huh. my eyes start to glaze over. <laughs> so um, I, I always just like to remind like raw feeding is really 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 simple. Yeah, you don't have to create a meal for your dog. You're not, you're not running a restaurant. All you have to do is feed one thing at a time. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Well, because I always think too, like your, your dog is not going to find a dead cow in the field and pick some dandelion greens to eat with the (laughs) cow and pick some raspberries to eat with the cow and steam some sweet potatoes to eat with. No, you find a dead cow, you eat the dead cow. Uh, then yeah. the next day or a couple of days later, you find some dandelion greens. You eat those. Yeah, that's true. So, that's very true. Yeah, so so you can keep it. And so that's why dogs simple. are omnivores, not carnivores. Correct. Well, I think I think they're carnivores. Like anatomically, they're carnivores, but they are scavenger species. Yep. Yep. So it's nice to think of dogs as predators. But dogs are opportunistic, right? They'll kind of eat anything they can fit in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whereas, whereas cats are much more limited. Cats are true. You know, cats are obligate carnivores, so their diet is very limited. Okay. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, um, the whole thing is is rotation, 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 and variety, variety, mm-hmm. variety. And usually the best way to think of it is what we used to do in our classes was uh, b- balance and variety over time, and time is one week. You're not t- you know, right. you, if you want to change it up every day once your dog ca- gets used to, you know, a uh, rotation diet, that's up to yourself. But otherwise, it's balance and variety over time, and time is one week. Because we're hoping, as in humans, in one week, we've gotten enough from what we ate to keep us healthy, okay? But we're not counting every, you know, every every little dot and such like that. You're just hoping that balance and variety over time, time is one week, that we have gotten enough to sustain our, you know, us in good health, the right vitamins and, and such like that, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I also think, too, I mean, people find it overwhelming to get started because of this idea, okay, I've got to have variety in the diet, and i got to make sure it's balanced, and i got to, not, not right off the bat, you don't. Okay, yep, that's good. So you, so start start simple, start with something that seems feasible to you, something that you can do, 
And then as you get better at it, then you can introduce more variety as you get comfortable with it. Like I tell everybody, my biggest stumbling block was remembering that my dog's food was frozen and I had to thaw it if I wanted to feed them. <laughs> if I had had to think about balance and variety at the same time, I would have gone insane. Yep. Like that would never have happened. That's true. So first I had to train myself to thaw the dog's food. And my dogs ate a lot of eggs in those early days. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with um, that. Okay, yeah. hold on. We got to run to break, yeah. so we're gonna hold on. And here we go. Which moves faster than you, heat or cold? Which moves faster than you, heat or cold? Be back. We got callers waiting, so we want to get through this. We got Dr. Jessica Levy, Holistic Vet, holding too, so it's a very special day. Uh, which moves faster than you, heat or cold? Dr. Jess, you want to take a chance? Heat. Okay, and your reasoning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Heat, because you right. can catch cold, but you cannot catch heat. I like it. Oh. Yeah. There you go. True, true. There you go. See, see, see. Oh, we're such a, a, a well-versed of information here. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's up next? Yeah, let's take Peggy's question. Okay. Hi, Peggy. How you doing? Thanks for holding. Hello, Peggy. Hello. Oops. Let's go to the next one. All right, let's go to John. He has a question about feeding times. Okay. Yeah, John. Hey, John, how you doing? Yeah, hi. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Oh, thanks for my calling. four-year-old pit bull a Labrador mix regularly okay. wakes me up between 3.30 and 5 a.m. Uh, every morning because he's hungry. Okay. And uh, so I, I feed him, put him out, and I try to go back to bed, but I can't get to sleep. Uh, so he's pretty restless, but I need my sleep. Is right. there any way I can fix that? How long have you been doing this to you? Uh, four years. <laughs> First of all, you're the one with the peaceable thumbs, okay? If somebody's asking for dinner at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's like, never mind. <laughs> Uh, because you just got to put your foot down, not answer it, you know, and then just, ah, in the first three days is going to be the worst. And then all of a sudden he's realized he's not going to move you. Um, when's his last feeding time? When's his dinner? Uh, normally we feed him about, uh, oh, it's five o'clock at night. And I tell you, and, and he gets antsy if we don't feed him by five o'clock. Okay. Then you know what you're going to do? Uh, start changing the time at 5. Uh, sometimes you're going to feed them at 5.30. Sometimes you're going to feed them at 7.30. Sometimes you're going to feed them at 9.30. Sometimes you're going to feed them back at 5.05. When you get a dog that gets that so fixated on their dinner times, it's time to start rotating the times. And so then they're not sure when they're going to get their dinner. All right? And so anytime, okay. like, same with the morning. You know, if he's nuts in the morning to get his food, then sometimes he gets fed at 5, you know, well, when you want to get up, okay? Or sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 10.30. My dogs don't give me any time of day. When I go pick up their bowls, then they know chow is coming. But the thing is, is because I don't have a set, set time, it's within an hour and a half of, you know, norm, you know what I mean, a time frame. So, but so their, their cue is when I, you know, collect the Pick, pull, put, yeah, put the bowls out to put the food in. Then they're, you know, and then, but mine are just, they don't go nuts or anything like that. But if you start rotating the feeding times, then, and don't answer that three o'clock or five o'clock in the morning, just tell, now, where does he sleep? 
say that again, please. Where, where does he sleep? Uh, anywhere around the house. Sometimes in our bedroom, but usually it's in the living room or the basement. Okay, so then when now, how does he wake you up? He comes in and whines. Okay, and then what do you do? I get up. Okay. Uh, I get up and feed him, uh, and if we don't, he just whines louder. Okay, so then what you're going to do is get your hair, get his plant mister, okay, fill it with water, set it on stream, keep it next to your bed, and when he starts whining, you blast, you give him a deep growl and go, ah, quiet, and then blast him with the water. Ah, blast, quiet. And then after the first five or six times, then you're going to go, ah, quiet. If he doesn't, then he gets the blast. But at first, it says, ah, blast, quiet. And then that's five or six times, and then it's, ah, quiet, then blast. And so that's what you just want to do. Don't get out of bed, okay? You run that house, not the dog. Don't answer him. Don't say a word other than, ah, blast, quiet. That's it. Don't say, we're not going to do this. My, don't engage conversation. He's looking for interaction. But the only interaction he's going to get is uh, not good interaction. But then, like I said, by rotating the feed times, that's going to help undo that. Uh, process and you just got to stick to your guns if you have to you go outside if he's being too big of a pest you just go on to something else maybe go for a car ride that's a you know 15 minutes just change the times and eventually and rotate it and keep them rotated don't get back into set feeding times okay, okay sounds good okay give it, and then let me know how it's working because every day but just hang in Thank there you very much bye-bye yeah, you just got to hang in there because that's that's huge. Everybody, what they do when a dog barks or whines, they answer them or give them what they want to shut them up. Well, then now the dog is training you. Mm-hmm. And now, as you can see, it's been four years of that. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like that nobody's getting me to move at 3 o'clock in the morning unless my daughter's coming in from Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason, though. There you go. Okay, Dr. Jesse, still with us? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if this last uh, this last call if you um, is for you because it's about cat food, and so then uh, okay, let's yeah. go to Lynn. Yes. Hey, Lynn. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. What can we do for you? Well, Katie, I have a feeding question too, but this one is about my cat. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be thirteen, and she eats wet and dry, but in the last couple weeks. She stopped eating her dry, mm-hmm. so I changed the food, um, something similar what she had. She didn't like that, but now I found one that she'll eat a little bit, but she only eats very little every day. You know, who are you and talking about? The dri- are you talking about the dry or the... The, the dry. Yeah. Does she need the dry that much? No, she's a smart cat. She knows that's not good for her. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, but you can uh, you can do the same, Dr. Dr. Levy. Uh, you can do the same thing with cats, too, to try to get them on some kind of, you know, some raw diet along with the grain-free canned fo- well, food. I tried the raw, and she don't... But, but she get, wouldn't eat it. But so you got to remember... I have her on, you know, quality food and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to remember, cats take change if they haven't been brought up for change. My Adeline that was born on the farm, she will eat anything that ain't nailed down. And the thing she is, you could put anything you want. I can put supplements in her food and she don't care. She just woofs, woofs it right up. But and now, Dr. Levy, because uh, cats take change slowly. Most cats do if they don't mm-hmm. haven't, if they haven't had a yeah. rotation She's diet. She's going to be 13, so. Right. And, she okay. and so she is brain. eating the canned food? Yep. She's eating the canned food, okay. but she's not yeah, eating the dry. She eats the canned yeah. food, um, but it's the dry food mm-hmm. that she's not eating as much. And I just that's okay. You would just, even... just throw away the dry food. Yep. The cats don't need that. Yep. 
Did but you, if, even with canned food, you want to have some variety. So make sure that you're using well, grain-free canned food. I have like four cans open because she never wants the same one. Yeah, and it's very typical of cats as they get older, right? So you have to use different brands, different proteins, different flavors, different all the time. Yes, and I do that. Good. Good. You said you have four so cans uh, open. Where are you? Yeah. Are you, you got them capped, right? Yeah. And then are they in the refrigerator? Yeah. Okay, when you take them out, you got to make sure you either put hot water or so you bring it to room temperature. I do that. Excellent. And I, sometimes I put it in the microwave. No, don't put it in the microwave. Don't. don't? Put it in the No. Microwave, no. microwave denatures things and anyway, and the it's already processed. And so the thing okay. is, is that... Well, I always added water, hot yep. water always. Yes, nice. Ever since she's been a... Kitten. Excellent. Look at you. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because everything should be at room temperature. No, nothing okay. should be cold, especially for cats or dogs even. It should be room temperature. So okay. that's good. Yeah. Just put hot tap water on it to bring it to room temperature. And then try some raw, you know, like raw chicken, raw hamburger, stuff like that. Okay? So now how, yeah, and so, how so, much so the, the wait, the, okay. Huh? Sorry. Okay. So we need to introduce those things. There's very few cats. What? Okay. Okay, hold on. Hold stop, stop, stop. She's okay, let's always been small. <laughs> the most she's ever weighed mm-hmm. was nine pounds. Mm-hmm. But she's gonna be thirteen. In the last couple of years she's always been around eight. Well now she's about a little over seven. Mhm. How much of the canned food is she eating? You know, I feed her I don't know because I feed her whenever she wants. Um, how, how much of a can does she go through in a day? Hours, and she only eats a little, but she eats it. How much, how can, much of a can does she eat in a day? How much what? Okay. How much of a canned food does she eat in a day? Um, it's hard to tell because I just put some on the dish. Okay, like so you need to pay attention. Times a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got to so stop. This conversation mm-hmm. is not going well. Okay, so the thing is, is that you got to figure out how much um, you, okay, you got to, you know how much when you open the can, how much food is there? Okay, how much of that can do okay, you go probably, through? Uh, a fourth. Uh, but, all day? Little cans. All day? Oh, no, no. Um, all, oh, so she probably... Maybe one can a day then. Then the big can, the five ounce can, like a tuna can. No, she don't. Uh, okay, I tell you what. Why don't you give me a call at Katie's Canine, and we're gonna revisit this. So you're gonna you go to my um, go to my website. Uh, or, she probably uh, does about four ounces a day. As well, anyway, okay. So, give me a, a send an email to me. Go to mytalk1071.com and then go to my uh, show page and send me an email, and then we'll address this more, okay? So, anyway, because we're just kind of getting discombobulated between the conversations here, and so that's right. So, give me a just go to mytalk1071.com, go to my show page, click on uh, that. We just said send an email, type it in your uh, your your information, and then I'll get back to you, right? Okay. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. All right, uh, Dutch Levy, there we go. Uh, so, uh-huh. yes. Okay, now it's flea and tick season. We're going to quick grab this. Oh, wait a minute, we got to go to break. So then when we come back, we'll talk about that. I really appreciate you hanging in or holding on here. So, 
Uh, it's a long, I know it's terrible when you got to hang on to the fo- uh, with the phone. Okay, it always stays hot even when you put it in the refrigerator. What is it? It always stays hot even when you put it in the refrigerator. What is it? We'll be back. All right, we're winding her down. Okay, what? It's all, yeah. It always stays hot even when you put it in the refrigerator. What is it? I, I'm stumped on this one. Dr. Jessica? Hot sauce. Oh, that's close. That's a good one. That's very good. Hot peppers is what they got, but hot sauce would work. Nice. You were thinking just perfect there. That's really good. Okay, uh, before we... Sometimes it works. Yes, yes, sometimes sometimes we make it, don't we? So, um, um, uh, I guess I mentioned uh, fleas and ticks, but is there anything else that you want to say about the thyroid? Do we cover it? Um, Well, I think... um, Oh, the only other thing I was going to say is that, like, in dogs... So they have all these different thyroid panels and sometimes they, you know, sometimes they'll measure TSH and they try to say, like I say, that if your thyroid hormone is low and your TSH is high, that's like your pituitary calling out to the thyroid trying to wake it up. Um, And so in humans, I know often I think they just measure a TSH. Okay. Uh, But at least in dogs, I don't know about humans, at least in dogs, that is unreliable. Oh, Okay. And okay. so, um, so then what's the next I, step? If I ha- the next step is if I have a patient that I suspect is hypothyroid and I just want to get a reliable result without having to break my brain over this, mm-hmm. um, I send the blood sample to Gene Dodds at Hemopet in California. Yep. I love Gene Dodds. Gene Dodds. Yeah. Gene Dodds runs a laboratory called Hemopet. And she is kind of the queen of hypothyroidism. Now, granted, if you read her book about hypothyroidism in dogs, you start to think that every dog is probably hypothyroid. Okay. Um, But realistically, you know, she does all these different kinds of thyroid panels, but she also takes into account the age, the sex, the weight, the breed. And so based on those, uh, I've had times where she has come back and said, okay, even though the value is within the normal range for this dog, this breed, this sex, this dog is hypothyroid. So that, that I find very helpful. Okay. Well, be dang. So Dr. Jean Dodds, uh, hemopet.org, I believe it is hemopet.org. So yep, that's pretty cool. Okay. And then, uh, and then uh, do natural for uh, for fleas and ticks. You know the Soresto. Yeah. They have had seventy five thousand uh, the Soresto collars. They've had seventy five thousand complaints and problems with the you know with, mm-hmm. with the dogs wearing them. And there's been like something like fourteen hundred deaths or seventeen hundred deaths. So that's why people you know don't use chemicals. Thank. So we got the amber tick but, collar. But I think, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, th- I think a lot A lot of what I see is that people are so conditioned that you find one tick on your dog and it like translates into this national emergency. Yes. And now you, you must use toxic chemicals because, oh my gosh, you found a tick on your dog yeah. attached. And really, people, it is not the end of the world. Welcome to Minnesota. There you land go. Land of ticks. You know, two and. Um- Mm-hmm. What works is, uh, I think, baby, you brought it up last time we talked about this, is a lint roller to, for mm-hmm. um, sort of for run that over when the dog comes in, and that will grab a lot of uh, ticks if they have any on there. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. a lint roller would be good. A, a flea comb will pick ticks also. You know, it'll also grab the uh, the deer ticks, the little ones. And so, and like yep. I said, I'm, I, what I don't get is, I'll, last year I picked 
probably, I'd say, at least five, six ticks off of me. I picked one mm-hmm. off of Gilligan. I picked one off Cat with a K. And that's it. And the thing, I picked more off of me than I did my animals. But when people find a tick, I know there some people just can't handle a tick. I get it. I get it. I'm fine with it. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, like, like you say, they want to grab for the, all the repelling to keep, you know, all the chemicals so they don't have to pick a tick off their dog. And and it's like, but you, what price is your dog or your cat paying? And then your environment and you're sleeping with this dogs and stuff like that and the cats. And uh, yeah, you, you are so right. You're so con- they are so conditioned about doing that. I'm just going, whatever, you know, so I, I it doesn't wig me out. <laughs> Does it wig right, you right, out? But, hope? That, but, that is, <laughs> but that is true, too. So even if you have put chemicals on your dog or you're using one of these toxic collars or you use the toxic stuff that you feed them that looks like a chewy little yep. treat um you still want to check and pick ticks off mm-hmm. like you know you can't be all like well you know i don't have to you check do my dog even though we just went through the swamp mm-hmm. be- because i fed them this toxic chemical eh. Yeah. I would I would still pick the ticks off personally. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like I said, the lint roll is a good idea. The flea comb is another thing that you don't, don't have to touch them. The amber tick collar dot com. That's something that helps repel. But uh, diatomaceous earth in a baby sock, uh, bug off. Um, Mm-hmm. Then uh, off garlic, yeah, yep. that's what I use. Yeah, uh, Wonderside. Wonderside's got a good line of all natural products for dogs, cats, and in, in your lawn. Wonderside. But anyway, mm-hmm. so that that's the main thing is just uh, just try to stop these chemicals because we're just it's bad for us and bad for our pets. And I, I just can't, don't understand, you know, people not looking for other alternatives instead of. And another thing, too, is when you give those, I don't want to name any names, but any uh, the pills that they take or whatever, read the side effects, read the labels. And if you're OK with anything that can happen on that, especially if you see the word seizure. <laughs> Right. That, and and they, they all, yeah, they all have neurological side effects. So yeah. all the topicals, all the ones you feed them, all the collars, they all have neurological side effects. Yeah. And so it can be abnormal behaviors. It could be seizures. It could be tremors and ticks and twitches. And, and if you're okay with that, if your dog or cat, that happens to them, if uh, you're okay with that, well, go for it, I guess. I would not be okay for that. <laughs> Well, and, they, and they do all, all say on them that they're not recommended for use in dogs that have a history of seizures. So FYI, if your dog has ever had a seizure, um, you're going to need to find a natural alternative anyway. And there's some that are so toxic to cats that if you give it to the dog and the uh, dog lays in his bed and then gets up and the cat goes, lays down, it gets into the bed, the cat, you know, gets it on his fur, it licks it off. And all of a sudden your cat is dead in 48 hours of renal failure. And it's because of... Right. Oh, that's another thing, too. Easter is coming up next week. Okay, and Easter lilies, lilies are very toxic to cats. I mean, highly toxic. Okay, are there worse? Uh, uh, oh, wait a minute before I finish that sentence. Uh, next week is Easter, and we will be doing a best of. And guess what the best of is, Jess? They had you this week, and they're going to have you next week. <laughs> next week's the best of is our last time you were on because it was such a cool show. But anyway, so so no, Easter lilies are really, really toxic, and all lilies. Is, if I'm not mistaken, isn't the Asiatic lily, like Stargazer and stuff like that, the more, aren't those the more toxic? Um, are there any that are less toxic? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I don't know. Because what people honestly, do... Yeah. Go ahead. Not a, not a plant expert. Yeah, because now I know sometimes cats, all they have to do is like brush and then those uh, the little particles from the little thingamaboppers on the inside, you know, I, you know the 
inside the lily, those things that stick out, tubes or whatever the heck they are. They got like a little dust on it. And the, I, as you know, I don't know the parts of a plant. Somewhere a, a plant biologist. There we go. There he, I know. They're screaming at the radio right now. And so right. the cat can just rub up and get a little bit of that on their fur. And then they go to lick it. And 48 hours, your cat can be dead. So if you get any, and I've never been a fan. I love the stargazer lily. Oh, I love the smell of that. But the thing is, is that I can't have it. It's because I got too many cats. Yeah. And so that's why. And, and, and yeah. And lilies, like by the time you see your cat uh, chewing on it, um, it is too late. Too late. Yep. Yep. And so if, that- if you have not already left for the emergency hospital, but <laughs> even, even that might not be fast enough. No kidding. So that's why I don't give Easter lilies to anybody that, you know, has got cats or any kind of lily to anybody that's got cats. And so, because like I said, it's not, you can't say, well, I'm just going to have it out for like a day or, you know, on the table and then I'm going to get rid of it. That It doesn't work that way. All it takes is one time for your cat to get it. And we all know the cats can get everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. and are, you, are you willing to waste that chance? And so that's why yeah, I totally spaced out that next week is Easter. And so number one is the best of. And then also the, the lily thing with cats. So make sure you spread the word and don't give eight lilies to, um, see me, I always thought lilies with death. I don't know why. Easter mm-hmm. lilies especially drives me over a tree. <laughs> the all white ones. Oh, Easter li- I thought it was calla lilies that what that that have I don't know some association with death. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I'm just talking about not the they're associated, you know, like gladiolas. I associate with sprays at our funeral homes, you know, type thing. Oh, that's really? what I'm talking about. Yeah, what you see it. Well, anyway, that's a well, let's not go down that road. Dr. Jessica, thank you enough for taking your time to be a part of the show once again. And how can people get a hold of you? Uh, through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. Well, hopefully we didn't crank your neck a little bit and your your arms that you're going to be having neurological problems the rest of the day holding your phone. So, but I greatly Not appreciate it. No, oh, there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you have you. a great yeah. You have a great Easter and thanks for uh, let us bending your ear today. Okay, take care. You bet. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Yeah. So next week is uh, Best Of, and obviously it's with Dr. Jess because it was a good show. And then, like I say, I can't stress enough. Anybody that has cats, don't let lilies in your house because all sometimes they just uh, chew on a leaf. That can do it. It's not necessarily the flower itself. Wow. And so, yeah, uh, my uh, daughter, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the her neighbor got... This is a well a couple of years ago. The neighbors got a nice spray of lilies for Easter. Sure. And they had a cat. Oh. Cat was dead in 48 oh. hours. Yeah, and Cassandra had it see because they Cassandra, you know, she went to be a not a vet, uh, um, assistant, you know, type thing. Okay, and then she went four years vet school to be that, uh, not vet school, but uh, to be uh, instead of just a receptionist, you know, she could help with the surgery and stuff like that. Okay, so yeah. she knows a lot, right? And anyway, so the neighbor called her up, knowing mm-hmm. that she knew stuff, and and she said, "Mom, I've never seen anything." Uh, leave like that. I can't believe it's that quick. That's, that's the thing. How quick it is. It's just crazy. Yeah. And so that's why, like I say, you don't, I mean, don't even allow the lily to come in your Not house. worth it at all. <laughs> no. And like I say, don't think. And that's why, uh, you know, anytime somebody's nice enough to give me some flowers, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it. I got cats inside and outside, so it's just yeah. like you know. Never mind. Well, you all have a very happy Easter, and may the Easter Bunny be good to your whole household. And I hope you have a very nice Easter. You too. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. And you can always email me. Go to mytalk1071.com and go to the KDK9 show page. Okay, train on, folks. Until we meet again. Happy trip.